1: Forever,
0: Dog. on today's episode of weekend at bergman's we return to the glory days of cyberpunk and hacking into the system a simpler time when the teenagers of this country bopped their gelled butt cuts to the sounds of white zombie and prodigy as william wordsworth said of the french revolution bliss was it in that dawn to be alive but to be young was very heaven representing the art house it's darren aronofsky's first feature film pie which came out in 1998 and representing the mainstream it's 1999 super smash hit directed by the wachowski sisters the matrix joe are you ready oh hell yeah brett then roll that theme song well
2: you just jump right in maybe you could Oh, you can get last week's and just kind of put it, you You all know it, podcast.
0: Every week, you and I watch two movies together. Well, not quite together, because we watch them apart. You at your house and me at mine. Whoa, every week, we watch the same two movies. It's like taking the red pill and the blue pill. But how do we choose these two movies? Well, one is a brilliant, beautiful work of cinematic art, the height of the medium. And the other one is mainstream. I'm talking popcorn, baby. It's the Matrix. You know it. But what happens when we watch them back to back and have to say which one we liked better and we have to be honest welcome welcome to weekend at bergman's we're gonna watch an art house movie and a mainstream movie and we're going to tell you which one we like better. And the one that we like better is going to go into the canon. And the one that we did not like as much is going to go into the trash canon. And we're never allowed to watch it again for the rest of our stinking lives. That's, That's right. the premise of this podcast. My name is Brett Bohm. I'm seated across from my co-host Joe Silio. Brett, we're back. Weekend of fucking birdmen. Oh, we're back, baby. Bang, 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 bang. Brett, why do you have a drill? Well, you'll have to find out when we talk about pie. He oh. drills into his skull at the end because mm-hmm. uh, he can't take Does the that numbers. that Hey, Joe, remember uh, about an hour ago when acclaimed actor Stephen Root uh, wandered into our studio off of the street? Of course. What a thrill. It was the best what part. of a it thrill. Was, I, will,
2: I say this with no question. What a question, It was the best part of my day. Because I'm sitting in the engineer room, and out of the corner of my
0: eye, I'm like, uh, that's, that's Stephen Root. You knew immediately. He was wearing a mask. God bless. Yeah, Stephen, Root's Stephen Root being careful. Black shirt, black mask. Yep. Uh I I hear I was in the uh, engineering room with yep. you. Yep. I heard someone come in. Yep. Who's that? We're not expecting anybody. Yeah, what the you mm-hmm. lean your head on the hallway. Like, he goes, Hello, and I go, That voice, Whoa. that that distinct voice. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I hear you say, Oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah. As though you knew the person. And then he approaches you and I then he enters I see him enter the door frame. Even with the mask on, I knew immediately. You knew immediately. Of course. That's Steven Root, baby. What do you see? Come on. Steven Root. We know Root. If we know one thing, we know Root.
2: Now, look. Yeah. Lots of exciting people. We're we're blessed. Lots of exciting Uh, people. Every day. to all of our great shows here at Forever Dog Productions. Just this week, we have the great John Daly. We have, you know, Mary from Selling Sunset. Just stars on stars on on stars. Come
0: on. John Daly's album, Ding Dong Delicious, out now. But when when Steven fucking Root enters the
2: building- That's a completely – and John and Mary from Selling Sunset would agree – that's another level, baby. Steven Stephen Root, come that's another, on. That's another level. That's you should another pay level. Your pay your respects. Uh, now, what was he doing here? Barry
0: this season. Incredible, incredible. Come on, Barry he crushes. Come um, on, Stephen Root. So Steven Root, this is an exclusive. Don't tell anybody we told you, because I don't think I'm supposed to say this. But Stephen Root is gonna be on an upcoming episode of Household Faces. Wow. Household Faces, wow. the acclaimed podcast hosted by John Ross Bowie, where a character actor interviews other character actors. Yep. Great podcast. If you like movies, TV as much as we do, and of course you do if you're listening to this podcast. Come on. One of the best shows out there right now, Household Faces. Uh, Bowie is an incredible interviewer. He gets incredible guests like Steven Root. So Steven Root's going to be on an upcoming episode of Household Faces. Look out for that. He got the day wrong. He came in on the wrong day. Steven came in on the wrong day. No problem. LOL.
2: He came in. He was so nice. He sat down so with nice. us. He asked so a couple nice. of questions. We quickly deduced what the issue was. Yes. The issue being he wasn't supposed to be He's here. Supposed, He's supposed, be supposed to be somewhere, somewhere else. else. He went somewhere we else. But say tomorrow where. morning he is going to come back. Jumbo's clown and, room. But this will be out by <laughs> 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 this morning. He <laughs> he came back. What? Hey, come no, on. God, he, we got us bless. that in confidence. Sorry. No, and um. He'll be back here. Uh, this will be out by then, and he'll be long gone. So don't come looking for Stephen Root, you freaks. Yeah, don't. But um, but but anyway, th- the th- the thrill of a lifetime, and we we've been lucky enough what to meet thrill. just wonderful people at all time. There but was Stephen a moment. Root, there was a moment on, too where he, he sat
0: down, uh, started thumbing through his Google Cal, trying to get a handle on what had happened. Yep. And Joe and I looked at each other, and we were like, "Are we just gonna get to like hang out with Stephen?" Root? I thought we were about to hang out, and then, no, I thought he, he was, was gonna like, be like immediately like, left when he figured out what it happened. He. He said goodbye, but he was he saying goodbye, goodbye as he ran out yes. the door. Because he's, he's, he's late to Jumbos. He was he's 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 late for, he's he's late late for late Happy his, Hour Jumbos. He had an
2: important meeting in Hollywood, California, for real. He did. He no, he did. Well, he's he's Stephen Root. Root.
0: Root. He's Stephen Root. What, 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 what do you think? He's just he's just, he's just uh, hanging out at no. Griffith Park? Not Raising Root. The band. Stephen Root. Root. The actor. Wait, Twisted Root? No, Rusted Root. Rusted Root. Not. We both got I it said, wrong. What did I say? You said raising root, root. Raising root, root, root sounds like a fox. And not circa. I am Groot.
2: <laughs> and not I am Groot. That's on Disney Plus. Stephen Root, the twisted. actor, he came in and he I said, said Wait, no, "Hi, what was it? It's rusted. rusted root." Rusted root. He came send in. me on my way. Send my send way. way. Will, send me on my way. me on my way. Yes, did send yes, send yes. Root on his we way. will. We will watch Ice Age on the show. Anyway, so we—I I thought that not—we're telling you a story about how Stephen Root came into our building. He sat down. He was lost, and then a minute later he left, and nothing happened. But you—what a the story! Of, but the weekend of Bergman fans now—that is a story, and that was the best part of our day, and that rules. Because sometimes you just have to bend knee and kiss ring. And Stephen Root—I am a humongous fan. It is so cool, and I'm excited to see him again tomorrow morning. I won't bother him. I am afraid of him because I respect him. Oh, Here's what Root said. On oh, my way. <laughs>
1: Gotta go on my way. Yeah, you did say this, I gotta get on my way. Yeah. I would like to hang out with you. Yeah, but I can't.
0: Gotta get to, to so disrespectful. Jumbo's clown Think about how many people Jumbo's never heard of this podcast. This is
2: the first one. They're like, "Oh yeah, the Matrix." You know, I'm gonna start here. This is gonna be a good one. And all they've heard well, so far, he did not go Jumbo's me. Clown. <laughs>
1: this is disrespectful. It's happy
0: hour. They've got great chicken fingers. I thought you wanted to show him
2: respect by invoking him on this podcast. They have chicken fingers at Jumbo's?
0: This, this song feels offensive. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like they're doing like a? They're doing kind of a I don't know. Everything in the past. They're doing little Chet Hanks offensive. in this. Yeah. Everything, everything in, the in the past is, is offensive. offensive. It feels like they're they're pulling a little Chet Hanks here. Uh I'm sure they and are. And they got away with it. God bless Rusted Roots. They
2: they dude, they 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 have a house. They have houses because of that song.
0: The two movies that we're talking about today, uh, we're going uh, a real specific point in time, which I'm really excited yeah. uh slash <sighs> terrified to revisit the late nineties. Yeah uh the uh the I'm clinton ready. years are coming to a close uh he's been impeached at this point with them nation went through that whole crisis uh y2k is on the horizon now that people are starting case. to think about y2k um computers the internet it's all happening beep, 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 it's all beep, beep, happening. one zero one zero yes
2: the future uh, is now y2k is coming and aronofsky and the wakowskis they're thinking in their heads i gotta make a this. And they did. they each they each submitted really interesting techno yeah, cyber computer punk, cyber techno. sci-fi flicks. Techno. Uh, Aronofsky noir. with limited budge. Yes. The Wachowskis with a big old budge. Ooh. And they both they both put out some some goodies and we'll talk about them. I, I wonder which wait, one I you can, like more. I cannot, I, anyway, what are you gonna like more? What do you like I more? I gotta save it for the end of the podcast. Okay, okay, but okay, okay, Everyone listen to the theme song, right? Because we're gonna put one of them in the canon, one of them you in know, the trash yes, can, and the movie yes. that goes in the trash canon can never be viewed by yes. us air again. And uh, you did say that. I just want to remind everybody that
0: at the end of this podcast, Brett and I will know whether yes, or not you, we can you, ever you.
2: watch the matrix again, or we can ever
0: watch Pi again. I've started to settle into that premise and I just watch each movie as though it's the last time ever. I'm ever going to see it. It kind of, it, it really uh, adds a, a, a just a, a, a dynamism to my watching of the movies. Cause I'm like this uh, uh, sort of there's stakes. This is the last time. Maybe this is the last mm-hmm. time I ever see the matrix. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the last time I ever see Pi.
2: Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, we only the what we do here, just to kind of like get it out there, is we're gonna be honest, and we just yeah. ask ourselves: which movie did you like more? Which movie was better? Just like this time when you watched yes. it, like sh- shoot from the hip, like just be honest. Like, was Pie better than the Matrix? You gotta Ma- be honest. You gotta or, be honest. Or,
0: or was Matrix better than Pie? Like, but uh, uh, I will say we'll, one we'll get, we'll get thing: one thing that might make this true. I don't want this. This can't influence our decision. But my wife Amy does watch The Matrix about once a month, and so that I can't influence is, your, but, but you will have to. What are you, you going to do if I'm, she throws it on next month and we pick pie? If we pick pie and she throws it on next month, I will, uh, I will pie myself. I will, Good. I will Good. pie myself in the side of the head. Cream pie yourself drill, right on the side of the head, and then uh, surely that will that will cut out my vision. I would assume you going you go in with the drill. Good. The side you, of the that's temple. That's a mercy for you. Um. So let, let's before we get into the movies, uh, let's go back to that uh, Anis Mirabilis 1999. End of the century, baby. End of the century. Um, and we want to. I want to do a little segment called called "Y2K is Nigh." Y2K is Nigh. Change, this? Right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna pull this one off. This is kind of tricky one. You've never pulled any of them off. Y2K is nigh, it's nigh Y2K is nigh, it's nigh Oh baby, Y2K is nigh, it's nigh, it's nigh, it's nigh Y2K is nice. It's the thing that everyone was talking about in uh, 1999, if, and if you're not old enough to remember that, or you have you have conveniently forgotten it, basically everybody thought that all every computer operated thing in the world was going to blow up when 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 the clock turned to 2000. There was this thought that like the computers computers had not been built to accommodate uh, numbers higher than 1999, Some, something to that effect. That when when the date recommend. switched to two, the year switched to 2000, all the computers were going to malfunction. We're talking yeah. uh, personal computers, planes would ATMs. fall out of the sky. Planes. planes. There was would fall great, out of the sky So literally, everyone was sort of waiting, waiting, yep. and like all these little businesses popped up. Like protect yourself from y 2 Did your family
2: buy stuff and put it in the basement, like canned soup and water? Did you do that? I don't think I think I, my family like half assed yeah. it. Like they went to Costco, yes. they got like a thing of yes. water and a thing of soup in yeah. case we wanted to live an extra like two or three weeks.
0: But there was a lot of stockpiling, there was a lot of survivalism going on. There's a lot of companies being like, you know, protect your computer from Y2K. We got the secret code to help you avoid that. It was not. There's, um, no, there's no
2: there's no I think you said it well. It's Y2K, it was, was, nigh. Coming. It Y2K was, nigh. was coming. Y2K was coming.
0: Um and what I want to do to recapture that time period is play a little game here with you, Joe. What's the second? Um I'm going to on this, we're going to kind of do this live. And again, you can watch these. We haven't set our costumes yet either. You can watch these episodes on Forever Dog uh, Plus. Sign up at foreverdog.plus. Mm. Why would you do that? Well, because we're it's wearing just fun costumes. to see people
2: uh, do the podcast. <laughs> well, but because also, A, people like
0: watching video podcasts. Yes. But really more importantly, B,
2: we're wearing funny fucking costumes. We're in and
0: costumes every week. Funny. We dress up like the movies. I, uh, Joe is dressing uh, as in the Neo. style of the Matrix. No, I, mean, I am dressed as Neo. It's like the Basil Rathbone version of the Matrix. You got a little puffy pirate yeah, shirt on. Cool. But it is cool. It does. You definitely would be someone that was hanging out in the club at the Matrix. If I, thank you very much,
2: but I am Neo. If I was at Halloween, one person at the party would go, what are you like, Neo? I don't know. I don't <laughs> I know. think so I either. See, but you'll only, with the bubble sunglasses, you, 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 I would say Bono.
0: I would kind of go Bono like that uh, um, no,
2: speaking of Bono I do look like you know one of Green Goblin's like henchmen in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark great, is kind of what I would great, look like yeah
0: but anyway, anyway you, but you can be the judge of what I look like on Forever Dog dot plus. Folks. He looks phenomenal. Thank Whatever you, you think he looks like, it's fun, it's a phenomenal look. I hope you lean into it. I hope we see it again right. oh, around the so office. We do Neo. Sure. Uh, I am dressed in the spirit of the movie Pi. Oh, I have written uh, the first yeah. 19 numbers of Pi, uh, the numerical, uh, the, 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 the digit Pi on my chest here. Wow. Uh, of course, the famous 314, uh, but then 159265, yeah, so can. on and so on. Uh, so you can see that. Uh, is it coming across or is it backwards? It's backwards on here. Oh, but I thought
2: you were doing it it's like because you're
0: unhinged, like the main yeah, character yeah, of Pi. Yeah. It's like intentional. Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're unhinged. I can see it the right way. Nobody else can see it the right way. That guy's a, a really thing. good match. Uh, I also have my drill, little prop here yeah, yeah. from the end of Pie. From the end of Pie, we'll get to it. But what about the Y two K being so nice? what you'll also see is us kind of do this game live, which is I'm going to write. I'm going uh, to abbreviate the. Uh, 10 biggest box office movies from 1999. Oh, fuck. Okay? Matrix is on that list. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to abbreviate right, them. For each one, I'm going to abbreviate them. So okay. we go off okay. the right, abbreviations, right, right, right. abbreviations, okay? Um, uh, you can get one hint mm-hmm. for each movie if you mm-hmm. want, okay? Mm-hmm. And you can also pass. Mm-hmm. So these are the top 10 box office hits yes. in 1999. Uh, here's what I'm going to do simultaneously. I'm going right. to play the song Dragula by Rob Zombie, which plays yeah. uh, in the club in The Matrix when he goes mm-hmm. to the club in the beginning. Um, that's fine. Every time you pass or ask for a hint, I'm gonna turn the volume of Dragula up. <laughs> so if you get a bunch of hints uh, or <laughs> passes, this song's gonna be pounding in your it's skull by the end, stakes, baby. Dog. You're gonna grab for this. What drill. About our fans? Uh, And then Shit, if you can like get cam- to the end, if you can get to the end of the uh, list before Dragula ends, you win. Uh, and let's say like minimum. Let's say you get two passes. You get two passes because you can't just it, pass, it, pass, I, I, I pass, I get two passes. You get I, I two passes and a you can every time. You're going to hit every time. But you turn it up one whole volume. There's only like
2: 11 volumes yeah, on but, the but computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a tough game. Right, 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 uh, I'm and scared. And if you don't get to the end by the time Dracula ends, then you lose. Uh, I love movies, but I hope I love the top 10 movies in 1999. I guess they'll be popular enough, hopefully. So you're going to give me the initials of them? The initials, yes. So if um, it was like The Matrix, would be like TM.
0: That's right. That's going to be right. hard. All yeah, right, here, here we go. All right. Uh, and I'm using green for the Matrix. Uh, okay, so here we go. Let me start Dracula. Uh, look, I'm a Rob Zombie guy. You know, I like Rob Zombie a lot.
2: All right, here we go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go.
0: There's Dracula. Here's the board.
2: Okay. All right, number one. Number one. S-W
0: colon E-O slash P-M. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Correct. Number two, TSS. T-S-S. The Sixth Sense. Yes. Number three, AP colon TSWSM. Hint. Do I make you sequel, baby?
2: Oh, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Number four, correct. Number
0: four, TS2. Hint. You've got a sequel in me. Oh, Toy Story 2. Uh, Thank number you for the hint. Number five, TM. <laughs> the Matrix? Number six, T. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want it. I want it so bad. T is... Uh,
0: hint. Uh, he swings to the trees with the greatest to man. Uh Number seven. BD. BD. Uh,
1: hint me. Oh, which one is, what is that? Crap, what does <laughs> Big, big, uh, Big uh, Daddy. Yes, you, you got it! I'm, I'm gonna go
0: down one, i down one. Oh, wow, okay. Number eight, TM. Um, TM. Not, not the Matrix. Not the Matrix. It's, uh, uh hint. The best ride right at Universal. The, the mummy! The mummy! mummy. Random Fraser's mummy! Number nine, RB! RB! Uh, uh, re- 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 you got it, you yeah, almost had it. it!
2: Real... Uh, real...
1: <laughs> real?
0: No. no! No, no, him! Royal... <laughs> Julie Roberts wears tennis shoes! And she can't get away from Richard Gere fast enough, baby! Oh, oh, Pride!
1: Correct, number ten, T-B-W-P! Um... Kid. The big people
0: didn't know if it was real or not, they were so scared. Oh, uh, the Blue Witch Project! I did! Oh, it's it was a W night of Oh, 1999
2: was good. I love it. We got Austin Powers, we got T, we got Broadway
0: Bright,
2: <laughs> and we got the Blue Witch Project. Oh, uh, that was fun. That was that fun. Was fun. <laughs> you won.
0: <laughs> you won. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. That was really well done. I don't know if I would have been able to do that. <laughs> I love that. Oh
2: man. Great. You know, song. Well, There's lots cool. of other
0: movie podcasts you can listen to if you
2: want to hear about the fucking movies. <laughs> if you want to watch two assholes play games. This is the this is the fucking Jimmy Fallons Tonight Show movie podcast. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare what a, you. What a what a beautiful waste of everybody's time. Thank All you. Right. That was great.
0: Let's get into the movies. Why don't we? Um, We got about an hour here. We can do this. Uh, we're gonna start off. We're gonna start off this week with The Matrix. Last week we started off with The Art House, so we'll switch it up. Uh, we're gonna start out with The Matrix. You all know The Matrix, come out in 1999, written and directed by Lana and Lily Wachowski. Starring first name only, please Keanu, Larry, Carrie, Hugo, Joey Pants, baby. Budget 63 million, box office uh, 467 million. A little sweet profit mm. there, uh, Joe. Go ahead and give us, before we dig into the Matrix, go ahead and give us one of your classic 60 second recaps. A 60 second recap of the Matrix. You all know it, but it doesn't hurt to review. And maybe he'll give us some details you weren't inspecting. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, Oh, yeah. Neo. All right. (laughs) And
2: go. Keanu Reeves plays Neo, who's a hacker kind of a guy, and he works like a dead endy kind of job, and he knows something. Thomas Anderson. He knows something. And one day, he starts getting a weird message on his computer and it turns his life upside down. Next thing you know, he's being brought by Trinity into the world of Morpheus and the Matrix is revealed to him. He goes down the rabbit hole, he takes the red pill and he learns that our world is a fiction. And the real world is actually us are all in little stinky little sloppy eggs that Ew. robots can come and pull our brains out and he, and but morpheus knows something about neo he knows that neo is the one the one who's going to save them and he believes in neo even when neo and everybody else doesn't believe in neo he believes and you know what neo does folks 10 seconds left he proves morpheus freaking right he is the one and he has all the power and he can
0: do all the cool tricks and he beats the robots and it Fucking rules. And that's time. Really well done. Really well done. And I'm not exaggerating. That was right on the money time-wise. You can watch it on Forever Dog Plus to uh confirm. Thank you. Uh, real quick before we get started, and I mean this literally, I don't I don't think anyone's ever been hotter on film than Carrie Ann Moss in this movie. Great. Uh, just un you, unbelievable. In uh, like just ever checks every box. Maybe,
2: maybe other podcasts you'd get noted on that, but not on this one. You, hot, get, you get you get a nod of the head
0: from me. Hot, cool mysterious, uh, incredible performance, using every instrument, yeah, she's the best. face, the action sequences. She's, she's Carrie uh, cool. Moss in this movie as Trinity, uh, I just think is one of the, just the, the sexiest performance of all time.
2: Hell yeah, now there we're we talking. We Couldn't go. agree more.
0: Uh, doesn't mean I'm going to pick the Matrix over Pi. No, you're just saying way. that Carrie Moss knocks it out of the park. Knocks it out of the park. That, that uh, but is, specifically, just dead sexy. Yeah. I just am blown away. Blown
2: now, what away. do you think about uh, Keanu Reeves' sexiness level in the Matrix?
0: Um how about I'll, I'll start he's he's been sexier he has it's important to note that he has been sexier and he's been insanely sexy yes and he
2: is insanely sexy
0: but i just because you got w- my own private idaho you got mm-hmm. john wick you have a lot of so it's not like like if this was the only thing we had oh yeah sexy but but i'm comparing to other Keanos and no mm, mm, no honestly middle of the pack middle, middle of middle maybe pack. yeah yeah uh, what i will say
2: is that the wikowskis and their team they like adorn him with some of the most iconic and funny costume pieces yes. that make him, you know, so cool. And that part at the end when he's officially fully on board with him being the one and he bursts through the security he blows up yes. a million cops. and yes. He has like a million guns and it's just like a gun city and he and Trinity and they're just like glass and blondes yeah yeah and like it's just noise and then all the way through the end when he's just like kicking ass and wearing those hilarious little yeah. glasses which are little ovals that like mm-hmm. kind of tilt up it's not men's fashion it's not woman's fashion it's not androgynous fashion it's nobody's fashion it's neo's fashion and it works and he flies away
0: at the end and i said to myself
2: god keanu's sexy
0: there's so much God keanu's there's so sexy. much style for style's sake in this movie and i love it there is like there's leather. There's the agents in the black and white suits with black glasses. Everything uh, yeah. is so stylized. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, so not, I'm not done. Uh, oh, I, Sorry. Real quick before. I'm so yeah. sorry. I got a Keanu sexy thing, too.
2: Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, great. I just want to just quickly note that uh, Hugo, we- Hugo Weaving is scary and sexy. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne is, is uh, 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 confident and sexy yes. in this film.
0: He looks good. And Hugo Weaving pushes every word. Cool. Out of his mouth. All right, good. I just, oh, sorry, I wanted to just quickly make sure everybody was on the board. That out, the sexiness Anderson. is strewn throughout this film. Push the words. Uh, there's a moment where Keanu uh, wakes up. Um, he wakes up in the, like, robot hell, right, where he's like, where he's like. The, the, real, world. the, the, real, the world, real world. The real world. The real world. The real world. I uh, was just taken over by robots. And all the humans are in little uh, like liquid pods and they got all these cables connected to them because they're being harvested for it, energy. It looks so good. Even after uh, all these years. And then he like wow. uh, get like he gets out of it and he's like gets like thrown down this like sewer tube and then he comes out the sewer tube. And there's a brief shot where like Keanu naked Keanu comes out of the sewer tube at the bottom. And my wife and I both had the same idea. Um, again, my wife watches this uh, every month, um, but we both had the same thought together. Because I was like, "Watch this with new eyes, with me. Let's like kind of think of new things. To see, you know, new new impressions. Like, let's act like we've never seen it before." And we both turned to each other and we're like, "Did did we just get Keanu Dick? Did we get Keanu Dick in that oh, little shot? Do we?" So here's the thing. So we went back frame by frame, and we do not because I'm gonna uh, show this. I screenshot. I'm gonna show this. To we we in know camera. if
2: we if we did by now. Yes. I suppose. Okay, yeah. Let's see. Uh, it. There's a little. This is, this loin, is
0: There's a little loin cloth. He's got a little a little loincloth he's got on.
2: I can't even like decipher like It's like a little Where's his head?
0: Oh, he's falling he's out. He's coming out of the tube. He's got Oh, he's got a yeah, I see it. Is I see that little it. hammock. Yeah, he's got a little, a little tiny like loincloth hammock, uh-huh. but it's not I don't think this is in the world of the movie. I think this is like uh like a prop. Like a movie like Hot like prop to hide his junk. I don't think this is like (laughs) canonical for the world of the film that all these like that all these humans are wearing little 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 tiny shields hammocks. And once again, you can see this on maybe they are maybe 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 maybe,
2: like some Matrix fans would be like, no, like they don't have reproductive organs because they're all grown intravenously in the pods. You could easily they do make it look like they didn't make it like like, there, there,
0: there is no they do sort of age age it up a little bit or and sort of like make it a little gritty for the world of of the real world but no that is that was just like uh Keanu was like I'm not doing full frontal and they're like got it um and then they put also yeah. like uh and it's also not Keanu it's definitely a stunt double um sure. and also like maybe like there was an issue with like him coming out of the tube and like having stuff fly around so it was like a protection like a safety issue uh but that is not a canonical that's not in the world of the movie I'm, I'm honestly- I I I if I if I was a betting man and I am I would bet
2: that somebody's validated like it. it's canon because they realized they fucked up and then they made it canon one of those things that's my that's that's my it's just a pure gamble folks you can look it up on the phone that you're that you that you have
0: uh this movie is phenomenal this movie to me is uh reminds me a lot of our conversation of Die Hard of just uh, uh of, of just an absolutely uh one got to be one of the hardest movies to make which is a Big budget mainstream movie with a lot of anticipation behind it, and you nail it. And you nail and you nail it for every type of audience. You nail it for incels love it. Tim <laughs> Pool loves it. Uh, but then we like cool it. people love yeah, it. Okay. We love it. Yeah, Everybody from the good to the bad in American culture. The dads culture, love it. The, the love daughters love it. Love it. The they love grandpas it. They love, love it. it. My wife loves it. Everybody loves this movie, uh, and and it's a weird movie. And they did a weird movie that that is that is that has undeniable mainstream popularity across the board. Uh, I wanted to look at why that is because I think the ultimate answer to me, the answer, stylization, yes, style. Uh, the surface of this movie is so beautiful and interesting in every frame. Uh, they do the Blade Runner thing of kind of sci-fi meets noir, which is one of my favorite genre mashups when sci-fi and noir come together. And it's, it's sci-fi, but it's in like a city and it's dark and it's dank and there's rain and there's alleys and there's fire escapes and that kind of a world. Um, but beneath that, to me, the the reason this movie is so good is just some very fundamental things to do with storytelling. This is one of the best examples of cinematic storytelling I think that's ever come out of mainstream Hollywood. Let's start with just the opening scene um, of Trinity uh, fighting her way out of the building. Oh, Um, Let's start with that. Can't uh, wait. And we'll we'll kind of talk about how uh, this movie's skills at storytelling. All right. So we got a... It's sort of a murky hallway, and there's police officers, and they're coming down to the end of this hallway. There's weird little roots and cables and wires everywhere. They come to a door. 303. A palindrome. It's all about the numbers, baby. Uh, that you know. kicks it open. Right. Right. You see a single right. figure with black Shut. leather seated at a table. Oh, Reverse shit. shot to Trinity's face. Our hands go up. Now we go to the outside of the hotel. Part of the city hotel. Cool little, like, noir touch. Like an old, like, robert mitchum film or something he'd be at heart of the city hotel yeah that's good robert i
2: was gonna say it's like a, a american horror story hotel oh i like that yeah
0: the agents show up
1: hey i'm just doing my job but it's not that my crap you can cram it up your ass we'll
0: talk about this in famous cop stuff yeah we'll talk about this in a second, but. um I think uh, we can handle one little terrible thing. dialogue in this movie and it what? doesn't matter. It does uh, I, okay. I will I will I will argue uh, I will yeah, argue yeah, I will I argue talking, for we'll, that. We'll, we'll Almost makes it, it better units. but like undeniably um a silly we'll bad listen, dialogue.
1: That's
0: a good line. That's a good line.
2: Yeah, there are some there's some there's
0: some good lines there, there are some winners, but, winners though. Yeah, there are some real winners. All right, they approach Trinity from behind. Oh, now fuck. Oh, Trinity Oh Trinity the
2: cops awesome. arm. Oh, Trinity's it kills, Oh up a cop. Uh, now she does some, whop some uh, what's called
0: wire foo, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um.
2: Oh chair. Oh, she's running on the wall. It's awesome. Running on the wall. I'm completely and totally bought in. Oh, this
0: rules. Oh, just immediately one of the best action sequences anybody had oh, ever seen at that this is point. That's so cool. I, I mean, I just watched this movie for like the. Tenth time, yes. and nothing that feels like CGI. Everything in this movie feels nah. like it's really happening. There's never that moment where it it, mo- it switches and you're like, oh, that's not real. That's Any digital. Agency? Everything Just feels analog in the it. world. You have to focus. And mystery, mystery. Something. We got to catch up to what's happening. What's happening? She's talking on the phone to. She's got like, something's happening. Who's she talking to? All right. go. They always make you oh, catch shit. up in this movie to what's happening.
1: Alright,
0: now she's being chased by the agent So she's like, she's scared by them. So you're like, oh, those guys must be the real deal. Loving, loving the score so loving much score. plot just implied by action implied by responses efficient efficient storytelling. she's jumping, so jumping over the, the roofs
2: roof. oh cops are jumping over roofs too wait a second they barely make it though but here comes the big roof oh, she's no way she can jump over this
0: roof and they're gonna switch to an aerial shot here oh man I love it I
2: love the, those two shots the tracking, oh, across the, the roof. sound of it, the so sound of good. them going
0: up and over the. Oh, oh here trendy, we go! Big jump. Dr- wait, sh- that's not a human. Aerial shot of her jumping over the street to the next building. But wait, that's
2: impossible. The Hugo weaving can also jump. Is that Hugo weaving? No, he Hugo, Hugo, Hugo's, the other guys, Hugo's like, guys. Hugo's guys. It's One of those guys. Yeah. One of his yeah. henchmen.
0: And this incredibly gifted, supernaturally gifted woman is afraid, though. So we know that there is danger. She is in danger, despite her abilities. She flies across the street, through the window of the next building, tumbles down the stairs, lands on her back, right away bounces back up with two guns pointed at the window. Oh, and she looks so cool and so hot all the time in this movie. Get up. People talk to themselves a lot in this movie. Fine, fine by me. And now she's think of Whoa. all she's been through. She sees a telephone booth, which is what the person on the phone told her. This big truck comes along, I'm just narrating truck. the most like one of the most like, iconic scenes of the Matrix. You all know what's happening, whatever. The truck, it's the, the truck. Route, is it's going right towards the photo booth. She gets in the phone booth. phone booth! She picks up the phone! She holds out her hand! The truck crushes oh. the phone booth, but surely. Surely not Trinity. Surely Trinity wasn't just run down by a semi-truck driven by Agent Smith. He comes upon the road. And then this is when he says Mr. Anderson.
2: Right? Is it is now? Or maybe he says Mr. Anderson
0: she later. He doesn't say Mr. Anderson right now. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, shit. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so into this. I can't
1: uh, decipher the humor name right now. The next target. The name is Neo. The search running has already begun
2: Oh, you mean Mr. Anderson
0: There you go, there you go, it's implied yeah, They pan over the rubble, they pan over the rubble, into the phone
1: And then the numbers,
0: baby, the green Num-na. numbers Oh, it's in the computer Switched to Neo's computer
2: Alright, honestly, that scene was awesome God, that was good And oh, if you transition the Neo okay, Alright, we gotta talk if about you, this you
0: have foreverdog.plus, and then you could have watched it, you know that was so cool. Uh, yeah. I honestly don't know if we need to watch like there's so, all these other iconic scenes, obviously, in the movie. Everything I want to say is in that scene. Tell me about it. It's the it. whole. OK, first of all, incredibly the pacing this time I watched it. I was like, "What? what is the I'm like, I'm like Neo. I'm like Max and Pi. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this whole code. What made the Matrix so good? Right. What makes the Matrix so good? I think maybe more fundamental than anything is the pacing of the movie. The movie is expertly paced. And in every scene, I'm a little out of breath. We don't have an engineer today, so I'm going back and forth between the engineering booth and, and the recording uh, room. So uh, every scene, they strike this incredible balance in terms of the information they're giving you, where they give you, they give you just enough information to know what's going on in the scene, to know the stakes of the scene. Even if you don't know the context of the stakes, you know scene by scene, what the stakes are. And the stakes are always as simple as someone's trying to get away from someone else. Someone's trying to find out some something. Someone's trying to get in somewhere. You always know enough to know what the stakes of the scene are. But they also, so they 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 give you just enough information to know what's going on, and then they give you, they they take away enough information to maximize the mystery and suspense of the scene. And there's this incredible balance. So in that scene, we see, we know that the police, and then this sort of shadowy, perhaps governmental or something organization uh, wants to arrest and capture Trinity. We know that Trinity wants to get away from them. We know that she has these incredible skills. We don't know how or why, though. Um, but you can just sort of bask in the beauty of of her. Uh, athleticism and powers being displayed to you without knowing where they come from. So there's this, there's two things happening where you love what you're seeing and you get instinctively what you're seeing, but then there's all these questions that are happening in your head why, how, is it real, is it not real? And then the call from Morpheus that she gets also exquisitely hits that balance of like, you know what the stakes are. She's got to get to the phone booth, right? Simple, simple, yeah. get to the phone booth. But Who's on the other line? Why the phone booth? What happens in the phone booth? What does this world consist of? The mistakes that the sequels make are, are, are incredibly absent here. When the sequels, I think all sequels do this. They get so bogged, they get so full of themselves, and then it becomes all about world building and the and Ugh. Easter eggs and the density of the world and the Ugh. history of the world. Yeah. All of that is just blissfully absent in this movie. There is honestly... Um, There's like a uh, there was much less world building than I thought there was going to be because the world has become so iconic. Red pill, blue pill, the Matrix, the robots, Zion, all this stuff. But it's that information is given to you. You don't get more than you need. And you also don't get enough to feel like I get it. You get you get enough uh, so you can follow what's going on. But but also a little enough that there's this constant air of mystery and suspense in the movie as to what's going on. And it makes you, this is a movie that just constantly makes you sit forward and go, what? 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 Oh, okay. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Ah, yeah. Constantly making those noises during the movie. I love it. (laughs) Expert, expert cinematic storytelling. I
2: think, you know, the script, you know, it's, it sounds like I'm, it's a, it follows the perfect, I don't know, whatever, like hero's journey, like, or or, or the perfect act, The perfect structure of a film, you know, Neo's, you know, uh, the new world's revealed and then he's reborn and then, you know, all all those all and then he becomes the one. And, you know, it's one of those, you know, Joseph Campbell uh, stories in a lot of ways. But okay, great. People try that all the time and fail. This movie does not fail at all. In fact, it's one of the most just like blissful like endorsements of that kind of storytelling that I've ever seen. This is the Star Wars
0: of the 90s. This is this yeah. is I think oh, is yeah. the Star Wars of the 90s. Oh, yeah. absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This about world building, I thought that this you didn't feel like it was taking time to world build because the world is so expertly unfurled to us throughout the movie, but that world is exciting, interesting, and rich. And why this movie works so well, I believe, is twofold. One, that the concept of we do not live in the real world. This is a simulation. You know, that is very potent and it probably was at the birth of this technology it was by 1999 and it still is today that is a very exciting and interesting proposal for your movie deposit and then to expertly unfurl such a cool vision of what that means and how you know this team of people are going to team up to fight it and save us is so arresting and then the second storytelling um element beyond you know perfect structure wonderful characters expertly unfurled world is what you're getting at about this sort of it, it pulling you along the whole entire time. It reminds me of something I read once about why the this isn't a dig. It's true. Why the works of Dan Brown are, in, are, are winners every single time. Tell me, tell me because Dan Brown at the end of every chapter, does two things he, a like gives you a, serves you up a mystery that you're like, wait, what? So you kind of want to see what happens next. But also there's a thing in Dan Brown novels that I think is at work here where you thinking like not like it's you know, but you think in your head a little bit that you can crack the code or solve yeah, it yeah, or yeah. know where it's going or figure it out, and this movie and Pi both a really, really play on that, and that's sort of at its core what's so beautiful about this and what's so potent about conspiracy theories now that's so loaded and so horrifying. Um, and you know not whatever but they've always been so uh, enjoyable and you want to hear about conspiracy theories and they always seem so true because like there's something about the matrix that rings kind of true what is wrong with our world why is deja vu exist why do the basketball players all stand up the same way why is like is this it is this real and then there's articles that flip through your phone that's like no no it really is a simulation like that's science you know there's like these these kinds of things always coming in so when the, the matrix just like it it just it just it just hits you it's just like oh wait like that's why it's so red pill blue pill that's why this is so iconic this lexicon that was built for this film is so potent and 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 uh, today is so used because it's it just rings so so true yeah
0: well let's talk about that though cuz i wonder if i was wondering too while i was watching it if it would play the same today as it did in 1999 and i think the the storytelling there's a lot of things about there are just universal and timeless like you said Hero's journey kind of uh, archetypes, um, uh, just expert cinematic storytelling. Uh, the special effects are surprisingly not dated. I think because they didn't lean on like late nineties CGI, which would have made it feel dated, but did a lot They're of awesome. things. This is also I call this the Star Wars of the nineties. It's also I think you could argue in a in one specific way the Citizen Kane of the nineties in the sense that they were movies don't do this anymore because you can lean so heavily on CGI and post-production, um, but they like physically were inventing analog-style effects for the movie. Just like uh, Orson Welles, when he's making Citizen Kane, was like, uh, I need the entire shot to be in focus like 100 yards, and right. Greg Tolman was like, that doesn't exist. And he's like, Do, make it. Your problem. And then Greg Toland goes, OK, and goes back to his library and like invents a deep focus lens. And then you can have the entire mansion you know, in focus in Citizen Kane. They're literally inventing. He's tearing up the floor so he can get the lowest angle shot possible. They're inventing things as they go along. And for The Matrix, the Wachowskis invented, um, uh, well, A, the, the iconic shot at the end of the bullets slowing down um they uh and and they're 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 sort of utilizing some older effects and older things here that have been around but combining them together and invented something that's now called bullet time in which um the way they achieve that shot and you know the shot where neo slows the bullets down and this and that Yeah, but i want to know how they did it it is uh the heightened perception of certain characters called bullet time In, in the matrix it's meant to you know when a, when a character achieves this higher level of consciousness, right, it's when they bring in the bullet time effect. Uh, and it's represented by allowing the, the action within the shot to progress in slow motion while the camera appears to move through the scene at normal speed. Uh, allowing the sped up movements of certain characters to be perceived normally, so they're playing around with uh, slow motion, real time. I don't. know. I wish I knew more about it, the engineering and the the mechanics of than that. Um, but uh, that's all I know. But they're they're sort of they were inventing this as they went along cool. in conjunction with their with their DP with their team. Uh, they also they did not invent this, but they. Sort of Brought it into mainstream uh, American filmmaking, which is what's called wire foo, which is that like we, we just saw there. Uh, it was very popular um, in martial arts movies where uh, you, you know, uh, by using a series of wires and harnesses, you're doing martial arts in such a way that people are sort of floating, appearing to be appearing to float running along walls. Uh, as though they have supernatural abilities, uh, so that's something they borrowed from um, a lot of martial arts filmmaking, uh, but Marshall brought Lott's it into films. brought it into mainstream American filmmaking. But they're basically they're asking all the questions they're trying to solve in this movie mechanically. Uh, they are trying to come up with with analog answers, like you know stuff that we can actually do and film, not just like well, this is not just we'll fix it in post. This is the ultimate you know ultimate argument against we'll fix it in post mentality is like figure out how to do it in the movie. Th- that that, that always so brings out better.
2: the best in, in limitations or invention always brings out the best in the best filmmakers. And um, I'm not surprised to hear that they went above and beyond to get the effects exactly like they had it in their head. And they are awesome, gorgeous. The All the CGI looks so good. In the 90s, CGI was so much better than it is today. I think because what you're saying is, like, it was just part of it. It wasn't it a wasn't the It wasn't thing. relied it wasn't on. The thing.
0: It wasn't relied on. Not even a crutch. Now it's just, like, now it's, oh, it. we, it's like. every shot. There it's are every like, single man, thing. When, when, like, how many times do you see, like, uh you know, uh, um, a photograph from the set of House of Gucci, and they're like in front of a green screen. I'm like, what the fuck are we yeah, doing? Yeah, just no film no. House of Gucci. Just no, no, no. just go to the just locations. film House of Gucci. Just film House of Gucci. Just go to the fucking Gucci's house and film. What are I, you doing? I, I, agree. So I agree. They just now it's just it's just the yeah. But anyway, I agree. Um, and Matrix also has that fun thing that you don't hear about it anymore where, like, some of the sets were left over from older movies and were cool. lying around. I love I'm, those stories. Older, uh, so uh, the the roof, I think the, what we just watched, the heart of the city hotel, the roofs that Trinity was running over were left over from Dark City, a movie with a very similar cool. uh, style. Maybe we'll watch it at some point on Weekend at Bergman's. Very similar style and aesthetic. Um, a little more of just a straight-up fantasy movie, but very similar in a lot of ways. Um, like that's nah, not true. Very, just very similar across the board. Dark City uh, to the Matrix. There are a lot of movies in the late '90s that had this look and feel. Um, Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days, from earlier in the '90s, uh, The Lawnmower Man. Um, I saw people sort of drawing connections with this in the Truman Show. There's a lot of interest in Pi. in and Pi, of course. There's a lot of interest in, like you said, illusion and artifice. This world that we're in is a simulation. It's not the real world. Um, that was that's, that. That's a good hook for your original IP. I want to return, though, to my uh, thought about how this would play now. I think... Yeah, well, now's a different time, isn't it? There is such a... It was such a moment in the late 90s. And I recently read something that the the musician, famous musician and producer Steve Albini, wrote on Twitter um, uh, about kind of like the edgelord era in the late 90s, where we kind of thought we had solved a lot of problems that we hadn't solved. Uh, and we kind of thought, and so suddenly there was this like vacuum where we're like, where I think a lot of particularly white people in America were like, well, racism's not a thing anymore. Sexism's not a thing anymore. Uh, we're starting to get the beginnings of gay rights. Everybody was like, we're figuring it out. You're like we watched the real world. We get it. Everything's kind of fine now. And so you we have- watched
2: the real world. So you're saying they went through the Clinton trial and the real world and everybody was looking at each other going, we figured it out. You're not wrong. I'm just saying foolishly. that's what you're saying. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right so, right. okay.
0: Because the question I'm trying to answer is like, why was there this sort of mental space for people to like go so hard at like sci-fi problems in the late nineties? Like there was this, like, you know, like people literally had the, me- can you imagine having the mental space now to be like, yeah, but the, the real issue is like, is this all a simulation or is it not like now okay. it's, now it's, 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 you know, we are, you know, um, uh, whatever, I don't want to get to but like post-Trump were submerged back in all of the, all of the kind of ancient enduring wounds of American history that were always there. But there was this brief time, I think in the late nineties where particularly the sort of edgelord culture was like, we we got we did all that we solved like social problems and civil rights and everything. Now we're in the and ta- now we, we can get into the future. We're in the computer problems. We get into the future problems. Gotta worry about the robots. Ooh, we gotta worry yeah, about yeah. the robots Little and the code problems. and the numbers <laughs> and all that. And like, there's okay. a that scene where Neo is being interrogated by Agent Smith, and he's like, Oh, it's scary. He's like, he's got Stop the mouth. this Gestapo crap, dude! And he's yeah, like giving yeah, yeah. him the finger, yeah. and it's like that mentality of like, this is the real problem. It's like us versus the, like the suits. The suits. So. It's so funny. punk rock,
2: jackass, yes. 90s
0: kids all grew up and got a computer. And it, it seemed cool, and it's kind of fun to recover what it was like in the 90s, but the world has become so inverted that now that mentality is almost exclusively the mentality of the of the far right, which is why red-pilling and all that, the, why the far right kind of recycled a lot of these terms as their own, uh, much like they've co-opted so many things. And so that's why I'm wondering if this plays... Like I watched it and I was like, I love it, I love it. I can I can watch this as just pure cinema out of time and space and just love it because yeah. the storytelling is so solid. Okay, but I was also in my head like, if this came out today, the audience for this would be like uh, incels and like and like eight uh, chan like far right dweebs, and. I'm living. I'm listening and loving. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking yeah, too yeah, no, as no, I'm saying I, I, it. I don't know what any I, of this. I, none of this ultimately affects my viewing of the movie. Yeah. Um. Because the other thing to say is that um. Obviously the uh, directed by the w- Wachowski sisters, uh, two uh, trans women filmmakers, uh, very um. You know. Um, so d- directed by two very progressive people, two people who are, yeah. you know, uh, we're at the at the forefront of a lot of things uh, and I'm sure are not much like the, you know, the, the creator of Pepe the Frog. I'm sure are not like overjoyed by the use of red pilling on sure. like in like certain corners of Reddit. Um, so there's just a lot. What, there's what, a big what? The, there's like a perfect pure movie and then there's all this like shit around it. And I don't know what to do with all the shit around it. I don't know what to make of that. Oh, I, I, well, what I'll tell you what I'll do with all the shit around yeah. it. consider it and under,
2: like, think about it and know it exists. But like, as far as going judging the movie goes, like, the movie had nothing to do with any of that. Of shit. course, yeah, yeah, of course, nothing. It doesn't affect. It. So it. the movie yes. fu- is great. About the movie, if the movie came out today, is always interesting because like they wouldn't come out today because we have a whole host of different concerns, and the Wachowskis are onto their a whole other host of, pro- of problems and ideas and and cool movies they're trying to get made and stuff. But what this movie? One way, another way to say it, which is like a, a weaker, less interesting way to say it, is this movie is a 1999 movie. It makes sense coming out in 1999. I I I know what you're getting at with the uh, now is is the violence too? It's not like too violent. Like I I don't you know it's not. We make violent movies now. I think if the movie came out now, I think that it would um not be as good because they'd make them put a lot more CGI in it. No, thing. of course, yeah. but um. I think the Matrix is is would would play yeah because people love conspiracy theories. The computer in the future are still scary. The performances; those actors would still murder it. Oh wait, Brett, we're so you know it's so funny. Yeah. They made a Matrix movie like, a, yeah, like yeah, six yeah. months very ago, very recently, very and recently, and it, it yeah. fucking stunk. It was bad. It was bad. Or or it, it stunk really bad. It didn't fucking stink. It stunk really bad. Um, so they made a Matrix. But and because they got worked no, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. so But if Matrix came out fresh today, yeah. I wonder if A, anybody would have an appetite for an original sci-fi IP story. And I guess we can eke out one every two years. That'll like kind of hit. Yeah. Um, but if if we did have attention and appetite for an original piece of IP, this one would win because it's um classic in its structure, it's perfect in its execution, the performances are are vivid and compelling, and the core um sort of Tension between uh, where we are now and the future and our lives like this can't be how it is, right? Would still all hit. I think that if Matrix came out today, it would be a big fat hit because the Matrix is an excellent, excellent movie. And maybe I'm just totally, um, no. you know, the filmmaking. I, I, it's just so good, man. It's just it's just clean as hell. Yeah. It works. It's exciting. It builds correctly. It it has awesome iconic scenes. Um, you mentioned Die Hard already. Um, when we watched Die Hard, we talked about uh, the part when McLean drops the computer with the bomb down the elevator shaft Incredible. and blows up the thing. And it's so great. And uh, this movie has another thing that really just lit my soul on fire. And I hope all of you, I'm sure it did because it's the it's the end of the Matrix. But the part when N- the helicopter is falling out of the come sky on, come on, and Neo grabs on. that rope yeah. and he gets shuffled down to the, the edge of the building and he puts his feet and holds true. And you're like wow, Neo, is he going to like pick up a helicopter? He's so strong. And it's like, no, he just knows and trusts that Trinity is smart enough to unhook that rope yes. and the helicopter will fall and she will remain and they, he can save her. And then Morpheus walks up behind him and Morpheus is like, you're the one, man. I told you, I freaking told you. And Neo's was like, I am the one. That is awesome. It totally works. Yeah, and it definitely. would work today because – That sort of like heartfelt, well told story plays today. I know it because I just saw Top Gun Maverick in the movie theater this weekend. And I believe we're going to release a little special episode where you talk about folks. Top Gun I'm doing Maverick. a new thing. I'm really excited about weekend at Bergman's. Every once in a while, I can't help but treat myself to a double feature over mm. at over at the AMC mm. and Universal. And and this weekend I went, and boy oh boy, I had a great time at the movies. What'd you say? I saw Top Gun: Maverick, and after that, I saw Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. Wow, they were great. And I, I just want uh, listeners to know that the episode after this is going to be a little bonus. Uh, if if you care to join me, I'm doing a mini weekend. Bergman's, just me solo, kind of hashing out those two films, and yeah, I put one in hot, the canon, I put one hot. in the trash
0: Cannon. Oh my god, you did! Oh I my did. God. Oh my god. Okay, so I did. That's gonna be dropping I, between between episodes. So yeah, maybe the next episode in your feed, check weekend, it out. If, you know, maybe I'd love if you checked week, it out. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll be we'll double between I, I can't. I, can't I, I love a double feature,
2: folks. So check out double feature. But anyway, the point is that. In Top Gun: Maverick, yes, when when well executed people that know how to make big budget films execute correctly, and they play on your heartstrings, and they understand how things build, and how heroes work, and what affects the audience that they play, um, despite uh, I think that the violence at the end of the Matrix is uh, cool AF. I, it's not particularly like you know we all like the horrible thing happened. And then we all watched stranger things where it's all about horrible thing happening. And then we all watched, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which they had to put a little thing up for lesser reasons, but a bunch, you know, what I'm saying is that like there's violence and shit all the time, everywhere on the on Netflix and on Disney plus and star Wars and stranger things. If the matrix came out today, nobody would blink. I think it would get a great reception because it is a great yeah, look, film.
0: At the end of the day, it's the same for any, this is, this is again, pure cinema, cinematic storytelling. If we can't have the Matrix without without all going out and shooting each other, if you really think that things are correlated, nothing, then there's deeper noth- fucking noth- Nothing problems, to do with people, anything.
2: and it's called fucking guns. Nothing, it's called- nothing to do with anything. Obviously, the Matrix rules. <laughs> I watched the Matrix. It's and, a movie, and, and it you rules. Know, I, did, I got up and I, and I made dinner for my fucking family, and I sat down and I said. God, I'm hungry from, from watching a great film. Great movie.
0: And I, I, think, I, it would, I think it would play the same today. I'd, I'd hope uh, so. It, because, again, Or pure, we're just totally lost. No, it. because- no such I as, I think because it, it is just such a pure exercise in, in, again, cinematic storytelling. Every week I have a word I can't stop repeating. And this week, cinematic storytelling. That's what The Matrix is. It is storytelling through action, through visuals. Uh, again, I'll go back to it. I think there are some iconic lines- I found okay. the dialogue very cheesy on this view. And it guess what? It didn't fucking matter. If anything, it made it better. The, if anything, it fucking the, made it better. The things don't matter. The fact that the future didn't turn out yeah. anything like what The Matrix is suggesting. Doesn't, doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't,
2: it doesn't, I didn't doesn't even matter. think about that until like two days later. You know, when I see The Matrix, maybe because it's so, ing- it's, in, it's in the collective unconscious, essentially, The Matrix, yes. like the green code falling down the thing, the cell phones, the trench coats, you know, um, the glasses, the the hair. Um all of it's so just ingrained, but none of that, none of that, nothing, nothing in the matrix bothered me. And I'm going to include
0: the writing in that. You're right. I guess the writing wasn't good. There's a scene, think about it for one second. There's a scene where uh, Keanu early on is trying to escape from the agents in the office. And Morpheus is guiding him on the phone, telling him where to go. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's a point where he's in the uh, office and then uh, uh, Morpheus wants him to like go, Morpheus wants him to, like, go out on the ledge, right, and, like, and yeah, he yeah, yeah. ends oh, up yeah, not yeah. doing it. I'm not doing um, that. But there's a scene where he's alone in the office, and he literally, it's like, there's several lines of dialogue in a row. He's alone, he's talking to himself, and he goes, like, he's like, what am I doing? Oh, this is crazy. What are you doing? Why am I doing this? Oh, no, I can't mm-hmm. do this. Oh, this is crazy. Like, There's, like, six lines like that in a row. Yeah. I'm like why is he, why'd you put those lines in there? what, what, okay. are, we, what are we doing? But okay. again, valid. valid, as hell. Again, no. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because the story is told through action, through visual, through, through the way scenes are structured and transition from scene to scene. It is all so like that scene we saw earlier, where at the very end, where you transition from the phone to Neo's computer got it. There's some connection there, digital world behind the real world. You get it without it being told to you. And what we're finding again and again on this show is that one of the secret recipes to a great movie is this this like teamwork between the movie and the audience. The movie and the audience are are mm. united together in a dance, that. baby. And you're giving me a little bit, but then you're mm. not giving me enough and you're drawing me on. Mm. You're not standing over my shoulder and telling me and like being like That's why this is how the matrix works. And this is what this is. Welcome to the uh, matrix. No, you're just drawing me along, baby. It's a dance. It's poetry. It's me and you, the filmmaker and the audience together doing it together. Obviously you did all the work, but I want to be a part (laughs) of this baby. I want to go on a ride. I want to, I want. I want to try to figure stuff out. I want to yeah. be drawn along. I want to yeah. not know everything, but I want to also enjoy the ride. And mm. this movie does that perfectly. Uh, and it's also again what what I think really distinguishes it from the sequels, because um, well, I, I mean we, every franchise. So many franchises podcast, go. So many franchises go through this. This is one of the big I think examples of a um, such goodwill coming out of the first one, and then just like. Oh, yeah. progressively worse after that oh, yeah. um, because much like you know star wars when lucas still had a heavy hand you Careful. just you don't the creators don't they end up not knowing or forgetting what's good about their own creation. justice for the prequels do not listen to brett it was the top box office winner from
1: 1999 yeah, remember, the, box lies, on the, the box office never lies brother the
2: box office never lies
0: uh, one uh, it's number one because it's the number one best movie of the year one Uh, just just completely against the very premise of this podcast I don't believe that don't Uh, so one thing though that I think another thing I think uh that you can say against the Matrix to throw more con out there and this is a this is a sort of well well trod con against the Matrix lay it on um, is how derivative it is in terms of its uh, sources and its plot but it's almost so transparently derivative that Again, it doesn't really matter, and it ultimately is not relying—the things that it is derivative of, it's not relying on those things to be good. And what I'm talking about is um, uh, Fastbinder's uh, World on a Wire um, was a huge influence. Uh, Grant Morrison's great graphic novel, uh, uh, The Invisibles, comic book, The Invisibles, um, anime, Ghost like Ghost in the Shell, martial arts movies— so it had, had influence. Uh, Jean Baudrillard's uh, *Simulation Simulacra*. which you see in this in yeah. this uh, movie, you see a copy of it. Yeah. And I read that the Wachowskis made everybody in the movie read *Simulation Simulacra*, yes. which is a which is a difficult, <laughs> dense, like grad school level theory yeah, book. Good. Um, Keanu read. They said Keanu read *Simulation Simulacra* cover to cover, and I sure. uh, was into it. So I oh, love it. I love to- it for you, Keanu. Totally. I love Keanu on the subway in New York, circa so like late '90s, reading Baudrillard. How late night? Nothing yeah. more late '90s. Then Keanu on the subway giving up his seat there's, to other people. Oh, he did? He gave up his seat. And remember read that, the whole there's book? that famous video of him giving up his seat on the subway. No, but I love Famously that. Famously nice guy. Cyberpunk, uh, uh, William Gibson books like Necromancer. Sorry, can I? Can uh, I, gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta like. Everything has influences. This one yeah, just, what? this one just, well, this one does a, speci- a very specific thing because everything has influence. Everything comes from something yes. else. This movie does a specific thing um, that I think can annoy um, people in the know, the hipsters, in, you know. In, in Is what that genre? it takes. What it takes all of these uh, things that are sort of beloved in smaller niche circles yeah. and then does a big mainstream watered down version of them. And so but, I think, I think they're eh, Joe, I am not, I am what I would look. Joe is wincing in pain. He's uh, Wincing is uh, he as a headache. I'm, if you're on plus, I'm on, I'm on max fire. and pie style headache. You yeah. need the drill? Not yet soon. So yeah. it, it is a specific type of derivation though, where it is like, taking, like, the Wachowskis were very cool, right? In the know, all the cool shit. They're watching Ghost in the Shell. They're reading The Invisibles. They're reading Cyberpunk, uh, Necromancer. They're watching World on a Wire. And they take all these cool things and mash them together and do a slightly less substantial, watered-down version of it for the masses. There is an argument that that's what The Matrix is doing. I ultimately just don't think it matters because the film, again, cinematic storytelling, is so flawless scene by scene. And I also just don't... I'm I'm not, like... I, the reason I like The Matrix is not because of the world itself. The world is cool but I don't like The Matrix because I'm super into the red pill, blue pill thing or the dynamics of The Matrix or the dynamics of, uh, of the real world and the robots and all of that. It is just great at the level of movie making. It is just pure, pure cinema. So I ultimately don't think this is a con that matters but there is an argument to be made.
1: You know
2: just the quick thing on the derivative thing. It's like, oh, Kill Bill's great but the matrix is derivative Um, Yeah. yeah yeah no disagree you know the matrix had the wherewithal to watch all those movies and shows and read all those books and draw connections and know and understand that these things will work beautifully together in my storytelling you know It's just, you know, I'm just not going to sit here during fucking Pride Month and tell the Wachowskis are fucking derivative.
0: No way. Not here. Fair enough. Loved The Matrix. Great movie. Uh, And much like, much like uh, Jean D'Alma, which I can never watch again, The Matrix has one color that it likes more than all the other colors. Now
2: you're just doing songs, not even introducing a segment. You're just going to sing a fucking song. Turn this one up. I'm turning it up my ears
0: It's not blue though It's not blue, Matrix doesn't like blue Close to blue on the spectrum though You know what it is It's green, da-da-da-ba-dee-dee, the matrix is very green, green, ba-da-dee-ba-da-da, all the numbers are green, ba-da-dee-ba-ba-da, and they flow down and down, it's green and it's green and everything is green. Talk about the fucking derivative. The uh, next movie that we're looking at from the art house, and oh, it is from the art house, baby. Mm. Deep down in the gritty bowels of the art house. Barely enough money to make this one. That's I had to fun. I love scrape it that. together. I love some scrape. Oh, don't waste that film. We don't have enough money for more film. Mm. Uh, way down deep in the art house. <laughs> Pie, the feature film, um, first feature film from Darren Aronofsky, who has gone on to, uh, to really shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Aronofsky sucks. Uh, he didn't make but Black the movie's great He made Black Swan, of course. Black Swan's uh, great. He made Noah. He made The Fountain. Uh, Requiem for a Dream. Mother. He started off very strong. Mother. Mother, may I talk about pie I'm right now? Green, no green in this movie because it is gritty, black and white, baby. It was shot on sixteen millimeter. Oh, I love it. Oh, shoot in sixteen millimeter again, please. And not just any sixteen millimeter, but high contrast black and white reversal <laughs> sixteen millimeter <laughs> film in that. Oh, which is you get that uh, all the that high contrast where all the whites are very white, all the all the uh, darks are very dark. Uh, what it looks a really what good. a look! What I'll a gritty, it it looks gross, really cool. g- grimy look! Oh, the bugs and the slime and his head and his hair and every oh, yeah. you can feel yeah. it all. A very visceral movie, very well made. Uh, starring Sean Gallet, Mark Margolis, a.k.a. Hector Salamanca, yeah, Ben Shankman, great uh, New York theater guy, was an Angels in America, mm. pops up now and again things, uh, wonderful actor Ben Shankman. Come on, Shankman. Uh, this one, uh, it, was, it was made for $134,000. You love it. You love to hear it. Just a gritty, gritty little movie. They had to bite and claw to get it made. Darren Aronofsky yeah, but, went the, around asked asked 100 yeah, different oh, people for money. Two of his parents. Box office, $3.2 million. Not, bad. Not bad. Not bad, Darren.
2: That'll get you a Requiem for a Dream, baby.
0: Won Best Directing Award at the 1998 Sundance Film Festival, also the Independent Spirit Award for Best First Screenplay. The what? Uh, Joe, in 60 seconds or less, can you please summarize the plot of Pi for anyone who hasn't seen it or would love a refresher go? Max Cohen is a
2: tortured mathematician who is obsessed with putting his big computer together and... Oh, he's trying to figure out the stock market. He's like, I can predict the stock market, and everything in life has a pattern, and everything in life is numbers. The birds in the sky, the, the bees in the nests, everything is in is numbers, and I can put the, if you just get enough numbers over time, you can establish a pattern. So he cracks away to do the stock market. Then Wall Street's coming for him, saying, "I'll give you the thirty text. seconds. You give me the analysis." And then uh, some 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 Hasidic Jews are coming for him, saying that the the the. The Talmud's all numbers. You give me some numbers, I'll give you the Talmud. Anyway they're both trying to get him on their side. 15 seconds. But then Max actually figures out this number. It has 216 digits, and he figures out the secret number, and it turns out that that number is the key to God, essentially. Five seconds. And everybody wants it, and it's violent, and it's crazy, and he goes crazy, and then he drills himself in the head, but then he's happy. It's time! <laughs> not my, Great job. Thanks, man. You know, job. not my best. But also, you know, not my worst. I words. think he got it all in there. I tried, I tried. Folks, if that was um, confusing, press pause and Wikipedia pie.
0: This movie is uh, pleasantly confusing though and it has um, not, not too confusing though not in an annoying just, way just pleasantly in the, way, yeah, that, I the agree. way that I'm like like constantly throughout this movie I'm like ooh I gotta read about that so many times you say it like, but without it being annoying because again great cinematic storytelling great action sequences on a yeah. low budget in New York in yeah, yeah, the subway yeah. running up and down the stairs really of the exciting. subway cramped they do such a good job showing like a New York apartment that's just stuffed with Computer Uh, computer equipment and his computer, which he calls Euclid, which is doing all the equations and this little Mm. stock ticker that's kind of been, uh, you know, rigged together. Uh, So just, again, great cinematic storytelling, but I love a movie that is unapologetically – uh, information heavy, intellectual information. You're going to get a lot of stuff going on. We're going to talk about, Joe is not so sure, but it does, I think it works well. And I think this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Because there's, en- Fun movie. there's enthusiasm in it. There's I love the enthusiasm it. of youth, of a young filmmaker. It's not an old filmmaker being like, mm, I'm going to no. tell you guys what's no. really going on here. No. It's a young filmmaker who just can't not tell you all these things. There's enthusiasm, he there's is, a youthfulness. Oh, and you're yeah. learning about, again, like Joe said, you're learning about. Um, uh Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, uh, uh, a numerology in, in, um, in the Torah. It's the derivative of the about, Torah, it's the derivative <laughs> of Euclid, it's the derivative of the Pythagorean theorem. You're learning about again, like uh, numbers theory golden and ratio. The golden ratio and the the, the thing the, the, the numbers and the systems that that, uni- that unite us and nature and, and the stock market and religion and everything. it is a, um, a heady movie. But it also is kind of a horror movie. It's kind of a thriller. It's doing great things with the camera. It's doing fun things with character. It is... What a, like, I'm proud of this movie. What a, like like the it's like the best student film you've ever seen. It, it
2: it it And this is not a dig, but it has a really nice student film energy to it, and it has all the energy and excitement of a student, someone who cannot believe they've gotten that money and they're going to use it every last inch to make their dreams come true. And you know he's young because he's shooting in this crazy black and white, and everything's shaky, and it you know and um uh he's shooting on sixteen millimeter, oh, and he's it. just so like. Full to the brim with just exuberance and the joie de vivre. Well said. He's, you know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't Aronofsky, you know, with Noah. This isn't Aronofsky with mother. Just been run through the. the he's just he, he's all he 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 over he starts overthinking it all yeah. and he gets so into himself because he made three point two million dollars on fucking pie. This is an Aronofsky. He's
0: showing up late to set wearing a, a baseball hat for a team he doesn't even root for. But he's late because like, he was up all night like, texting with looking, texting with J-Law. This is this is it. No, this is this is no, the this movie. Is real fucking deal. Gritty ass storytelling. This is. A I pers- wish it hadn't made. I wish he had made like 750000 dollars <laughs> Keep him hungry. Keep Aaron Oscar uh, hungry, yeah. baby. Yeah, Something yeah. to prove. Now, but yeah. no, it was a big fucking Sundance hit, blah, blah, blah. Then and he has to make yeah. Requiem for a dream and yeah. have Jared Leto chop Jared. his damn arm off and Ellen Burst and almost win an Oscar. Did she win an Oscar? She I almost won an Oscar. You're you're wondering, Joe, do you like Black Swan? I, yeah, I do like Black Swan. Nobody asked that. But, but otherwise,
2: you know, this is this is his best, this is his best film by by a country mile, um, because he – Uh, isn't sure of who he is yet. And when he does mature and he learns who he is, he stinks. But at this point he could have gone in any direction. So there's lots of different uh, ways he could have gone. And, and the movie is exciting. It also deals with kind of like that, just like the matrix. It reminds me, it has this, conspiratorial I can figure it out sort of mentality where you're along for the ride with Max and if he could just put all the pieces together and he can pull from all these cool disparate sources that all the numbers and like the code of the world will be revealed and it is he sort of goes into his own uh you know real world red pills himself he he finds out these digits where he's Reveal God reveals Himself in these numbers, and the whole world makes sense, much like in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull when Cape Blanchett, uh, you know, sees God. It's like
0: that for Max, you know, Uh, just, excuse me, just, 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 just heretical. It's a heretical comparison. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) what, what? Harrison. We'll do Crystal Skull on this podcast. No, now no. we'll do Crystal Skull. Uh, Ellen Burstyn but, but, yeah. did not win the Academy Award for <laughs> Requiem Dream. She was nominated though. She's won once for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and she's been nominated. Count them six times, baby. Shout out to Ellen. Anyway, about- let's watch that scene. Okay, you, you can keep talking. I'm going to cue up the scene at the very end with the rabbis, uh, where with the rabbi where um, they want. Uh, he's been talking with uh, one of the rabbi's uh, uh, assistants throughout the movie. Ben Checkman at the diner, and Ben Checkman's been sort of, uh, in a way, kind of grooming him along uh, for this big. <laughs> 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 that word is impossible to use now.
2: <laughs> We're laughing because has... Brett's in a in a Twitter spat with whatever. Doesn't maybe we just? I don't know. I uh, I'll say uh,
0: I, yeah. I I uh, I I um. Whatever. Got a little spat with the uh, CEO of the Babylon Bee. That wonderful uh, the Onion just for the two all tons rights. of
2: media, yeah, just like it's a Godzilla versus Kong over on Brett's Twitter. Just the like CEO of the Babylon Bee. Do you love the Do you love Brent, the Onion? The but it just isn't, H- isn't
0: hateful enough uh, for you, or, or or unfunny enough, or for unfunny. You. Oh God, it's so unfunny. It's not yeah. even trying to be un- funny anymore. And, the, and the, um, you know, we
2: all know like the right, like it's key, like only Trump ever did it. But like, like in theory, like you could be funny. This right. is devoid of, of, this is, of comedy. No, this is this is it's, it's not even the goal anymore. No, it's, it's insane.
0: insane. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the 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 topic the topic of the week for for the far right uh, is um, is uh, uh, saying that drag queens are pedophiles. Blah blah blah. Bullshit. Whatever. Of course it is. Uh, so I took a little shot at the Babylon B CEO on Twitter about this. Uh, he retweeted me with just a bizarre retweet. Uh, but then, of course, uh, predictably, I was flooded with uh, my mentions were flooded with all of his followers uh, mm-hmm. calling me a groomer and a pedophile mm-hmm. uh, because I stood up for drag queens um, and said, take, uh, anyway, take that's, why, that's why that's why that's why that's why we tittered. F- we tittered like fucking school children rat, you fucking sewer. Chud, take their goddamn name out of your mouth. Look, I don't even remember your Seth something. I don't even remember I fucking your cares. Name. Fuck, fuck, you. fuck you. Fuck you. And Fuck the Babylon B. Bee. Babylon B is not funny. Drag queens rule, you have to live, you have to be you. What a horrible thing to be, being you, you fucking vermin. Uh, let's watch that scene at the end um, with the with the rabbis. Like I was saying, uh, he's been led along by one of the rabbis' assistants who's sort of slowly parsed out information. Oh, you do numbers? I do numbers, too. I do numbers, you know, ancient uh, Jewish, it's a good Torah, numbers, numbers, numbers. It's a, it's a well well uh, Slow, slow, well slow, built. slow. And then you find out what the big play is in this scene, Um One second.
1: Max. Max.
0: Max. Max. Just great low budget filmmaking. Just play with play with things like low angle, high angle, play with compositions. It's so exciting. It's free, baby. Guess what's free? The contrast, Low the contrast, angle. The
2: contrast Sorry, between the to white to and focus. the black, and how oversaturated the film is, is yes. really exciting, Stop. and it really fits into the paranoia okay. and fear of Max's character, and how like yeah. how his eyes remember the whole motif of him looking into the sun, Thanks. and how that affected him and how that you led him down this the specific in path. Yeah, you
0: see the, all the, high contrast, in the, filmmaking. the high contrast makes you see it through is Max's it? eyes because everything seems sort of... You feel like your eyes are off the whole movie. You're seeing things too brightly or too darkly. It
1: began 2,000 years ago when the Romans destroyed the Second Temple. Oh, this like this, just like Max a fucking heaven when they, get, when they go into these it monologues.
2: Is. Yeah, this part's so fun. This is yeah. like, you know,
1: the you know network-esque. A the Kohanim. And with their deaths, they destroyed our greatest secret.
2: This rabbi convinced me. I'm the like, give it, give
1: it to life, him. Give it to him.
0: This composition is so was good. The, it's so this cool, is a painting. This is like a Rembrandt painting.
2: $136,000, $60,000 of which was to make the movie, $68,000 of, of which
0: was to edit the movie. Because again, I can't say $60,000. $60, you know what's free? Tilt in the camera. You know what's free? Uh, uh, Arranging going to the local Jewish community
2: center and asking the rabbis and the assembled assembled (laughs) congregants to to be in your film
0: these are professional actors (laughs) (laughs) they are not (laughs) afraid. to
1: watch the high priest the Kohen Godot make his trip to the Holy of Holies if the high priest drone in
0: the background he would emerge moments later
1: and we were secured a prosperous year it meant that we were one year closer to the messianic age
2: it's also all those things you said about the late '90s skateboard kids yeah. all bought a computer, punk rock yeah. ethos of of post edge, punk problem, a little more goth uh, than punk. Yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah, that totally gothy thing is, is all it's all here, and it's in that musical open. Yes. The yes. Very, Very, very. Uh, if you were that, yeah.
0: If you brilliant. were that person. And you were a sophomore in high school. You were all about the Matrix. Yeah. If you were that person, if and I you were, a, movie you were when a, sophomore I was a sophomore in college in right now, yeah. you were all about Pi. I think this is like school Pi, is Pi was like the Matrix. The if Matrix. you were kind yeah. of already, yeah. If you were a sophomore in college, because I could see, Pi's I could see you following out, falling out of love of the Matrix yeah. when you go through your pretentious like college phase, of and then coming, and then falling back in love with it when you're an adult, and you're like, that, oh, I just that, want a good movie, baby. I just want a good movie. That's what happened to
1: me. I thought I was too cool for the Matrix at one point in my life. It can take us one step closer to the god of like, the go? Romans burned the temple the Talmud tells us he, the high priest He's, he's walked like into I have no flames.
0: idea what you're talking about.
1: He took the key to the top of the burning building the heavens opened and received the key from the There is some interesting
0: stuff here about how Numbers. Everything gets exploited yeah, by geez. higher powers. Like yeah, Max has an geez. ability. He has an, an ability spirit, to baby. get to the bottom of numbers, to get yeah. to the bottom of codes. Wall Street wants his ass. Religion yeah. wants his ass. Everybody wants a piece of Max's ass because he can get to the bottom of the numbers, baby. He, can he hack did. Into the I, system I, I, at this for point, you. he has the number.
1: God. No.
2: And he's hiding God it. He's it. keeping. He knows it. it. That he has the name see of God.
1: God, unless you are pure. I love this person. Everything I love you saw, nothing, only a glimpse. There is so much more. We can use the key to unlock the door. We can show God that we are pure again. He will return. you're not, not pure. How are you pure? I found it. <gasps> Do you, think you, are? you are only a vessel from our God. You are carrying a delivery that was meant for us. It was given Presumptive. to me.
2: Yeah, I agree with me. Actually, Max is right. Yeah, it's relax. inside of me. Whoa. It's
1: changing me. It's killing you. Uh,
2: okay, good point. Because you it are is, not ready is. to receive it. He's going like fucking crazy, guys. In the bathroom, he's like squishing his brain in the sink, and he's it's
1: spinning around liquid. like
2: a lunatic, and his landlord's coming in, kicking him out.
1: I'm sure you've written down every 216-digit number. You've translated all of them. You've intoned them all. Haven't you? What's it got in you? The number is nothing. It's the meaning. Cool. Syntax.
2: Good writing. Good movie. It's
1: between the numbers. It's fun. It's fun. It's like a little puzzle. If you haven't understood it, it's because it's not for you. Ooh. I've got it. I got it, and I understand it, and I'm going to see it. Rabbi, I was chosen. 1713. Great, great scene.
0: It Uh, is a great scene. uh, And it has, again, great cinematic storytelling because so much information is given to us. I find the information very interesting. But at the end, you are able to walk away from that scene regardless of all the information about the Holy of Holies and the Sanctum Sectorum and the Temple and the, the you know, Tetragrammaton, the name of God, all this stuff, you're able to walk away from that scene with a very simple theme, which is the recurring theme of the movie, which is the the pursuit of knowledge, the pursuit of the meaning of it all. Is there any end to that? Right? Wall Street wants there to be an end to it, them getting rich. Uh, religion wants there to be an end to it, a, a, to a, the name of God, the key to heaven, et cetera, et cetera, heaven on earth, the return of this and that. But what Max's mentor knows and what he finds out is it is there is no end end to it. The, the, the meaning of it all, like he says, between the numbers. It is it is the the, the the act of decoding, the act of pursuing the truth. But there is no, you know, uh, we talk about Baudrillard to bring in a little Derrida here Do it. Uh, there Fuck is it. no um, there is no ultimate sort of, you know, we live in a very logocentric age, as Derrida would say, where there was a, uh, people believed in a, uh, you know, in a final truth that everything was pointing to, like one pinpoint of light at which everything converged upon and there was an answer. Uh, whereas what Derrida knew, what Max knows, is that it's always in the interplay between the numbers, between the words, that, that meaning is in, in the in-between spaces and the movement between numbers and words. There is no ultimate answer. There is no ultimate truth. And that's why Max puts a damn drill to his head and says, free me from all of it, baby. I just want to sit in the park and stare at the goddamn sun. Cool. I mean, honestly, like
2: well said. That sounds I mean, that's that really kind of that folks, that was evocative of pie. You know, I'm not gonna like follow that up with me repeating what Brett said. That that's true. That's what that's what is getting at. It was a wonderful distillation. Um you know what? Even the Derrida thing didn't bother me. Normally I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. But honestly, like, yeah, okay. The journey is the destination. i got to but- check my
0: facts here. Logocentrism defined as a philosophy holding that all forms of thought are based on an external point of reference gives which is a held a to exist and given a certain degree of authority. So, yeah, I think I kind of – I think I – Listen, as uh, listen, like, listen, 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 listen. Right
2: and, on dude, that, dude. You know how fucking attuned my Derrida fucking alarm is. It would have been blaring if anything was off. But to me, it, you know, it Derrida stayed, like the back, your goddamn man It stayed dormant, and I was able to just ride with you, and I loved it. To which, uh, so basically, what I want to say to you is, good job describing pie. I agree with you.
0: I love pie. I love the Matrix. Now it comes to oh, the wait, time. What you,
2: wait, sorry, what do you think about uh, pie, the dessert? Um, Are you a pie guy or cake guy? Here's, which one is he the cannon? I which one to the tr- like, trash cannon?
0: Uh, I, uh, heavy pies in the trash cannon, light, fluffy pies in the cannon. Uh, your key <laughs> limes, your coconut cream, cannon all day, baby. Specifically key lime. That's the top of the goddamn pie mountain for me. Okay, you're a key lime guy. I can kick my feet but up, pretend where I'm do you in fucking the keys, stand? baby. Where, where do you me stand and on Hemingway cake? drinking some rum, but Rhett. I'll blow our brains out on the goddamn boat, baby. Where do you stand on cake? Not a fan. Not a fan. No, too no, heavy, no, no, no. too sweet. Pie too saccharine. cannon, cake, trash cannon. Oh, if that if those are the choices, pie cannon, cake, trash pie cannon. Pie cannon, cake, trash cannon. Uh, put but I would like to further, uh, further distinguish heavy pies, trash cannon. I like that. You're or a, I you're disagree. Apples, but, you're like, oh, I love them. Big, thick, put ice cream on top of it. I'm only human, baby. I can't eat all that. Give me a key lime. <laughs> Give me a sweet little fluffy key lime. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, the movie, the movie. I'm sorry, I, but I digress. Uh, now's the time of the show. Very difficult choice this week. Uh, we have to pick between Pi and The Matrix. Which one is going in the canon? Which one is going in the trash canon? Um, uh, another week where I wish there was uh, other categories, but there aren't. We're staying true to our premise. There you go. Um, and the
2: premise is we just put two movies next to each other and <laughs> – we ask this question and there's no real, no real. I mean, there's rhyme and reason. Like they, there's obviously similarities. There, in a uh, lot. But now like we've just, we've
0: just fucked ourselves. There was there's a. There's just like, a, like,
2: there's no reason that one of these movies should be in something called the trash can. And it happens
0: every week. These are good movies. There was a great Ethan Hawke clip going around a while ago. We're going to do an Ethan Hawke uh, episode Ethan Hawk. in a couple of weeks. Um, but there was a great clip going around. Um, God, I'm going to praise Ethan Hawke Where Hawk he so was like breaking down the dichotomy between mainstream and um, art house and like Ugh, exploding. I love him. All the myths around that, which is what we do on this show. And I was like, Yeah, baby, Ethan's a e- Ethan's his head. He's a weekend Bergman's head. He's doing this. But then at the very end, he's like, and he's like, and the worst thing is like, why are we always making films like compete with each other? Why are we why are we always putting films <laughs> in a competition? And I was like, oh, e- yeah. You know why, Ethan?
2: Because that's our job it's here fucking at fun, weekend baby. at Bergman's. It's our job. It's okay. Fucking fun. Brett, Brett,
0: Brett, which one are you gonna put in All right. the can and which one are you gonna put in the uh, trash? At the cannon? end of the day. Uh, it, it, put up a noble fight. It has all the energy of youth. Oh, here we uh, go. Here it was we go. such a, such a movie, a movie again that I'm so proud of. I love so much. I'm glad I got to see it one last time. Uh, <laughs> I'm sending, <laughs> I'm sending pie to the trash can and I'm sorry, baby. You put up a good fight. Uh, but you can't beat the Matrix. I got to put the Matrix in the canon. That's an all-timer for me, uh, uh, an all-timer in the world of mainstream filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And uh, you ain't, you know I ain't no simpleton. I was just quoting goddamn Derrida. I love art house movies. Oh, the Lord. Matrix is peak mainstream filmmaking. The best of the best. Yeah, baby. it's like Die Hard level. Oh, it is so good. <laughs> Uh Matrix goes in the canon for me. Pi sadly goes in the trash canon, but I'll remember you fondly, baby. Yep. Oh, that high contrast black and white, 16 mm-hmm, millimeter, mm-hmm, talking to me about mm-hmm. Jewish mysticism and mm-hmm. number theory I love
2: I do like ah. I do like the Jewish mysticism bit of, of yes. pie so much. I like pie a lot. Joe. When I was walking around the blockbuster in the late 90s, I remember seeing these Aronofskys and thinking, mm. like, oh, oh, this guy, like hi you know it was right next to like yeah. movies like yeah. magnolia or like yeah. a david lynch film and it was next to like you know your cronenbergs and i was like oh wait this guy he's another one of these guys i got to check yeah. out and then i watched requiem for a dream and i was like you know, I don't know. I was like in high school, so I bet I, there was a period of time where I was the, like, la- the last cool. of like
0: the the gritty New York tours yeah. before
2: he uh, went mainstream. Yeah. And, I, and but anyway, Pi, yeah. I remember Pi being on the shelf, and for whatever reason, I don't know, It's the only movie I, I didn't rent in the blockbuster, but I never got around to. It. This is the first time I've ever seen this movie. Wow. And I've seen The Matrix like four like legitimate times, like four like full sit downs, stone cold sobers. I'm watching The Matrix. Okay. I've seen The Matrix. Okay. Okay. okay? So the Matrix. On well, the edge of my seat right now. So the Matrix, you know, I knew it. I thought I knew it really well, but it still has so much more to uh, show that's me. What I thought. Yeah, it has so much I knew, more. To show I knew. I knew. Me. I knew. And Pi, Yeah, I watched it. I liked it. It's good, and you know what? And God bless it. It's an hour and twenty minutes, which you always have to tip cap to the people that keep your movies nice and tight. <sighs> it's very exciting. It's full of life. It's a lot of fun things going on Um, a great first film very impressive maybe Aronofsky's best we'll have to watch rewatch black swan on this podcast which is a fun one Pie's gonna be hard to beat pie's gonna be really really good uh the matrix I liked it more
0: and it, it, it is better that's what we'll do though I think I think we go ahead and commit to this now matrix is better matrix goes into the canon we liked matrix more we're being honest. We're Sorry, being honest I mean, uh, but th- this is a stupid. What exercise. we do? What we? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm willing to pledge right now. Okay. We've, we've teased this before. Yeah. One day down the road, when we, when we pull. We'll bring uh, we will right. bring Pie out of the trash can and give it one we- more shot at glory, and we'll yeah. put it up against a Aronofsky mainstream movie. OK, maybe Black Swan. Maybe
2: Black, yes, Swan, maybe Black Swan, Black Swan versus pie. Yeah. So it's like it's like you have to cut off. You have to put some blood in the trash exactly. can to get something out. Exactly. OK, I like that. I am also convinced that one day we'll do like um, we each get to like rescue something. But then it has to fight something. That's from fun. The can- that's you know, fun. stuff that's like fun. that's coming, folks. Pie will be one of them. One of the ones in the trash can and that's wallowing. And me and Brett might have to go save it. Um, but you know Jean Daman's in there as well, and that one might have to get saved first. But you know that that's oh, a different green. conversation. Well, At least I got one green movie. A in the different can conversation end. for for <laughs> for another day. Um, Pie's good. It's got a lot of fun stuff. I really liked Look, it. What we're gonna do but to pie? Pi Matrix. Is yeah, go ahead. Um, sorry. No, it's, I'm just repeating myself. We're gonna take pie
0: over better. over to the side uh, side of the side of the room, which is said pie. Pi, look out, look out, You did out, such yonder. a good job. You look got out, yonder, so much. Pi. You have so much potential. You have so much potential, Pi. It's Pi's the beginning good. of a long life for you. You're going to do so many good things. Now just look. Now just turn around. Turn around. Look off into the distance, Pi. Yeah, and just, and just of think. Millennium. Just think yeah, of. Give me a. Just think of your future and hope. Give and The numbers. Think of the numbers, Pi. Think of the numbers and get into the bottom. Everything's That's numbers. The numbers, but numbers but flying by you, baby. They're flying by you. Give it to him. Become one with the numbers, Pi.
2: Pi me. I love you, Pi. <laughs> wow. Oh, poor Pi. No, Pi's blissful now. Pi's in a better place. Remember at the end of the movie, Max, he's sitting there on the bench. I think maybe that is why it's in the trash can. And at the end, Max is sitting on the bench and a little girl says, hey, Max, do the trick where I do a thousand plus, you know, 244. Hey, Max,
0: what's
1: 587 do, 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 times four.
0: 17
2: 70, divided by 48? <laughs> She's like, do, do 70 times six. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. And, and then he smiles, either.
0: and he looks up at the trees, and I said, okay. But he remembers knowing. He remembers when he knew.
2: Now, the real question is, is Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull going to go in the, next or the trash Next week, cannon? next
0: week, next week, we are uh, looking at uh, two movies. Ooh, we're staying in the Big Apple, baby. What's we're next? What's at, next? We're looking at two movies all about the... Uh, the sort of the mythical status of New York and a city where strive where strivers come to when they try to climb that old ladder of success with varying degrees of success. We're gonna be watching the sweet smell of success. Sorry, just sweet smell of success. Uh, great film from that a period that I love that I'm gonna talk a little bit about that inner period between, you know, the studio system had collapsed. We're into the Ooh. late 40s, 50s, but we haven't gotten to full-on new Hollywood Ooh. uh transgressive, easy rider style filmmaking oh, yet. I can't wait for You that. get so many weird little movies in that window of time, and I fucking yeah, love them. Yeah, you're right. Sweet smell success with Burt Lancaster, Tony mm. Curtis. Uh we're gonna watch that versus yeah. the Michael J. Fox vehicle, The Secret of My Success, which if you were a person of my age, mm. was on TV uh TV, the Turner channels in particular, TBS TNT, quite a lot. I love Michael up. J. Fox, brand And so I will say right now, and I, I'll say it again next week. And once again, we're going to watch these with fresh eyes. I love Tony Curtis, bro. We're right? going to watch these with fresh eyes. So there's no, this context doesn't matter ultimately. But Sweet Smell Success, one of my all time favorite movies. Oh, you come po- on. So hard. So hard to beat. Such a good movie. Secret of my success, I've got a lot of nostalgia for. I've got a lot of nostalgia for. Watched a lot growing up. As, uh, a, as a little boy in Georgia, it filled my small. head with dreams of the big city and what could be accomplished there. What will win out? What will win out? My my heart or my brain next week. That's, well, I that's wonder what's I wonder what you're gonna I wonder
2: what it's you know it's, sometimes it's hard to go back to those to those old favorites, but sometimes it's also a treat. So we'll we'll have to see. I've never
0: seen either film. You're in. You've never seen Secret. Mile. You've never seen Sweet Smile Success. Nah, I have. I have. Okay, okay. No, have. Uh, uh, just we might also be joined uh, by ooh. a special guest next so, week. Stephen Root. Maybe Stephen Root is going to wander back in here. <laughs>
2: but also another guest.
0: Honestly, Joe. For yeah, a second, yeah. Joe was thinking. He told me later. He was like, "If Stephen hangs out for a couple minutes, I'm going to pitch him to be on this episode." I because because if he went,
2: <laughs> it's tomorrow. Oh man, I had I had planned to do. You know, I I had the next hour and a half to do a podcast. I really want to do a like, podcast. You know,
0: it's have you seen
2: Pie and the Matrix? And you'd say. Yeah, of course. I'm Steven Root. I've been in the biz for for longer than you've been born, Sonny Boy Jim. Sit down, Jim. Steve. Steve, throw He's on like, this. Have take I take seen off the Matrix? Your shirt and let Brett drill you in the chest and write all over it. You're
0: in a week in a freaking. Have Birdman's I seen now. the Matrix? I was in the running for Neo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that you know who no, was in the running. You know the original casting. This is so good. Um, wait, I've got to get this right. Will uh, Will Smith. Ne- Will Smith was supposed to be Neo. Okay, he, that, tur- I, he turned it that'd down for, He turned it down for Wild Wild West. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, a friend of the pod. And, How could we have known?
2: Joe, Joe, my uh, Joe Silver, who, who will be a guest later, a, oh, a wonderful film critic and God scientist out of New Jay York. Silver. Silver, Silver would say that uh, that uh, he made the right choice. Big, uh, big Wild, 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 Wild West, West. West
0: fan, massive Wild Wild West guy. Uh, can I propose Wild Wild West and the Wild Bunch? You you uh, there's you don't you can pitch me Bergman's all day and I'm not in my head. Will's Sp- okay all right this is very interesting original casting for the matrix will smith as neo val kilmer as morpheus <laughs> Chew on that. Uh, what could been, have been better? What it been, look, it
2: look what it was. We was love what we, it was like, you know, it but was like a ninety five, Ooh, you know, ninety four, ninety five could have been a ninety six, ninety seven. If we had the Will Smith, don't, Val Kilmer. don't
0: mess with success. There's always alternate histories oh. to cycle through. But why waste? We? we have this history. We have to we haven't gotten to the bottom of this history. Oh. Numbers flying past our heads Incels yeah. running around everywhere. Joe, it was a pleasure as always. That was fun. I wish I don't want it to end, but it has to. It has that's to just good. You can follow
2: us at Weekend Bergman's, and folks, I hope to see you this weekend at the double feature. Check it out. We're talking Crimes of the Future. We're talking about Top Gun Maverick. I um, I want to hear your thoughts. Send them to Brett's DM or retweet them, and call him. A dirty groomer. Follow us at, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do that. Leave, said, leave us a five-star review on iTunes.
0: And his name is Neo, and he looks at the computer screen, and he's figuring it out, and he's going to the club, and he's partying at the club, and i think he does party at the club that night because he wakes up in the morning late as though he's had a big night so we have a missing night from neo we have a missing night from neo where he was getting he was going hard at the club no, and you know like what the color e- of the club was? It was green, da-ba-dee-ba-ba-da, cause everything is green, and the numbers are green, and of course the club, it has to be green, and Neo is green, dancing in the green light at the club, and he throws up, and the throw-up, it's green, and it goes in the toilet, and the toilet is green, and the streets are green, and the sky is green, and the Matrix is green, and Jean Delman is green, but I cannot watch it anymore because it's in the trash can.
1: Forever
0: Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram,